and welcome to the TGP Wrestling Podcast. Oh, dear listeners, we are off the back of a very disappointing evening in Qatar. England are out of the World Cup and me and Robbie are mourning the loss of the World Cup coming back home. It is a tough, tough time, but we are going to get you through the tough times with some wrestlingness today. Robbie, how are you feeling, mate? I'm upset. I mean... I, th- I thought honestly we'd have France. Like I thought it would be close, but I honestly think we. However, I thought we would have come out on top, but it wasn't to be. Um, if anything, I just blame the referee. He, he needs a guide dog, or he shouldn't be a referee. So many points in that game, <laughs> he fluffed up. But at the end of the day, uh, and I want to stress this to any, any of our listeners, and hopefully this message gets out a little, a little somewhere. But we shouldn't be throwing abuse at. Southgate or any members of the England team for the efforts they put in. I mean, if you feel they did bad, you feel they did bad, but don't go throwing abuse at them. It's no point being racist or abusive towards any of the players. They did what they could, and we should respect that. I mean, we got to the quarters. We'll take the quarterfinals, and hopefully we'll bring it home whenever our next opportunity is. Yeah, on to Germany 2024 when we are going to win the Euros. And a lot of our players, like you know, Jude Bellingham, Phil Foden, Declan Rice, will all be slapping into their prime. Kaiosaka, obviously, as well. Uh, but you're not here for football. Um, you are not here for the TGP football podcast. That's not what you're here for. You are here for the TGP wrestling podcast. And today, we will be discussing one of, one of, and I have to be diplomatic, the best factions in WWE history. The Shield. Well, Robbie, Adam, are you excited for this one? See, this is the thing. When Adam says one of, i.e. means the best. Like, there is no there's no debate. They are the best. Simple as. Ah, DX stands will probably disagree with you, though. So <sighs> I, I, I don't care. I do not care. I will tell DX stands to suck it. Oh, I believe in, what? believe in the Shield. Anywho, so Adam's right. We are talking about the Shield today. Uh, from 2012 to 2022, it's been just over 10 years. Shield, we're a bit late on it, but we want to talk about them as everyone in the TGP are huge fans of the three men that run the Hounds of Justice. I usually just late as like just late. They debuted on the 26th of November, so we are actually pretty close to that date of literally 10 year anniversary. So. Yeah. You know, like it's it's pretty good. So we'll talk about that day. We'll talk about the history of, but all three men's careers and where they are. We'll end the podcast on where they are right now. So we had three men and Robbie. I know this will hurt you a lot, and I do have to give them the WWE names because that's where they started. Okay, oh, are we okay fine. with that? That's absolutely yeah. fine. So Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and the then NXT champion. Seth Rollins. These three men debuted at Survivor Series on November 18th, interfering in the triple threat main event between CM Punk, John Cena, and Ryback um, for the WWE Championship. Why did they do this, Robbie? I hear the listeners asking. Well, I'll tell you why, as I'm slapping my head. They interfered to allow CM Punk to retain his WWE Championship. But why would they do this? All about the sweet, sweet money that CM Punk was throwing their way. Robbie, how did you feel when The Shield debuted on our screens? I mean, 
fun fact, and anyone who's been listening to our podcasts for a little while now will know, I started watching wrestling in 2014. But me being me and me being a bit of a nerd with anything I'm into, I went back, I found out how the Shield got started. And it was a major, it was a major sort of swap, to be honest. I mean, they appeared in their turtlenecks, which obviously that didn't stick, thank God. But they turned up as three guys who just could come in and no matter the numbers, no matter who they were up against, they could dominate and beat down whoever they wanted to. And this would become a reoccurring theme throughout their whole career. It was a, it was a twist that no one saw coming, but I, and I think a lot of people at the time didn't like the idea, but little did they know that 10 years later to where we are today, these three men would be running the wrestling world. It's crazy how far they've come. Um, obviously, a lot of people probably know that they started, they came out, basically they said they weren't working for CM Punk or Paul Heyman, but essentially they were in a way, I suppose. Um, they said they weren't, but they kind of were. They were taking out anyone that Punk was beefing with at the time. Um, they were taking people out that had legitimate injuries. Like, so, for example, Randy Orton had a legitimate injury, needed to be written off TV. So the Shield wrote him off TV. Uh, they had their debut at TLC in December 2012. 2012. That's not happened yet. 2012. Um, look, even the best make mistakes, all right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they debuted on that pay-per-view. They defeated Ryback and Team Hell No, obviously Daniel Bryan and Kane, in a TLC match. If you want to go back and watch this match, it, it, I watched it for the purpose of this podcast. It's a really, really fun match, and they looked a million, a million dollars on that night. So, we had, they had a really, really good start to their tenure. Now, we we could talk, we've got so much to talk about, we can't literally go through every single thing they did. However, the group themselves actually made an appearance on NXT, where Seth Rollins defended his title against... The one and only Corey. Uh, oh, I need to give it away. Robbie, do you know who it is? Who did uh, Rollins defend his title against? He defended it against Corey Graves, didn't he? He did indeed. He did indeed. But alas, Ambrose and Reigns attacked Graves to court, cause a disqualification that so that Rollins retained his title. And after the match, this is this is pretty cool. Again, clip it on YouTube. The Shield fended off the entire NXT locker room but then retreated it from Big E. Now, it was a good, good start. However, Rollins then lost his NXT Championship to Big E in a no-DQ match after the NXT locker room essentially said to the Shield, no, 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 you're not interfering in this match. We want Sefi Boy to lose. Now, the Shield carried on aiding CM Punk in matches that he had going forward. And then the Shield, and this is where we get a bit interesting, Robbie. Robbie, who do I want Roman Reigns to defend his title against at WrestleMania? And who is the guy that every single pay-per-view, I say, he's coming back today? I don't know, Adam. Is it Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, by any chance? It, it is The Rock. So, on the, wow. so bringing us to The Rock, on the 21st of January episode of Raw, The Shield attacked The Rock. That was Punk's WWE Championship contender at the Rumble, resulting in Mr. McMahon declaring that the interference in the tire match 
would result in Punk being stripped of the title. Oh no, CM Punk, you can't have the Shield come and help you now. And then CM Punk kept denying that there was even an alliance. But alas, what happened was, and what and something that happened that none of us were very happy about, apart from me, because I love The Rock. The Rock beat CM Punk for the WWE Championship. The Shield could not get involved. This is not about the CM Punk. This is about the Shield. So let's get back on topic. Now, Robbie, did you obviously you mentioned that you didn't obviously watch at this point, and that's fine. But CM Punk bringing in the Shield, the right move to start their career off. I mean, it's it's no debate whether it was the right or the wrong move because the Shield as a group, as we'll go on to talk about worked they are phenomenal together and they're phenomenal apart i don't see um any other way that they could have been brought in uh looking back on it i mean who else would they aid rather than you know the got what how long was punk's championship reign at that point when he lost it like 400 days something like that a long time yeah a long time so i i can i can see that if you know the champion's getting desperate he brings in people to help him out and even if he wants to deny that he's allied with them or say oh yeah they're my boys you know, it works. And again, he's got a super mean group that can fend off an entire roster at a time. I mean, why not? I bring people people like that in to have my back. A um, little bit of fun trivia for you, though, Adam. I learned this one a few years ago. When The Shield debuted, obviously, they were wearing their turtlenecks and they quickly ditched that for their whole kind of bulletproof armor, tactical vest get up. But uh, The Shield were originally meant to debut not only with those turtlenecks, but also wearing riot helmets and riot shields that said shield on it. Did you know? That would have been bad. That would have been bad, but thankfully Cool Ahead prevailed. And also, yes. also, also, fun fact, um, did you know that um, Roman Reigns was originally not meant to be a member of the shield? I did know that. I did actually know that, yes. And it was Chris Hero or Cassius Ono it was meant to be the third member. I'm glad it was Roman Reigns, to be honest. Me too. Me too. Thank you for that, Robbie. That was very insightful to our dear listeners. Now, we're going to skip forward a little bit. Basically, all you need to know from the start of 2013 is that the Shield were winning a lot of matches. They were on an undefeated streak. They were red hot. And on the 8th of April episode of Raw, the Shield attempted to attack none other than The Undertaker. But they were forced to retreat by Team Hell No. This led to a match where The Shield defeated the Brothers of Destruction and Team Hell No, Undertaker, Kane and Brian, on the April 22nd episode of Raw. Big win for The Shield, I hear you say. On the, tw- on the April 26th episode of SmackDown, Ambrose made his singles debut he actually did lose that match, unfortunately, for The Shield to The Undertaker. But The Shield then attacked The Undertaker after the match. Ambrose then started a feud with United States champion at the time, Kobe Kingston, winning the title at Extreme Rules. Now, was that the only title I hear you say The Shield won at that pay-per-view? It absolutely wasn't. It was not. Robbie, what else happened at that pay-per-view? Uh, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns challenged uh, the then tag team champ. Forgive me, I've I do not know. Adam, I'm sure you can fill me in on that one. It was Team Hell No, Robbie. Was it Team Hell No? Well, uh, Reigns and Rollins challenged Team Hell No for the tag team championships and won. 
Every single shield member was draped in gold. What a night for these young men. Now, we will carry on from there and we'll, we'll keep going, you know. So, going in after these title wins from May to August, the Shield defended the championships, you know, several times. Ambrose faced Kingston, Kane and Rob Van Dam winning all of these matches, while Rollins and Reigns faced Team Hell No, and they faced Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton, the Usos, Bloodline, eh, eh, eh? On the 14th of June episode of SmackDown. But the Shield's unbeaten streak had to come to an end. It always does. You can't just keep winning. They lost to Team Hell No and Randy Orton when Daniel Bryan submitted one Seth Rollins in the middle of the ring. Oh, Big, big uh, loss there for the, the Shield, but the first first loss in a very long time, so I think we can probably be okay with that. Now, a big turning point and a big moment for the Shield. On August 19th episode of Raw, the Shield began working for the Chief Operating Officer of the WWE, Mr. H.H.H. himself. Now, they were aiding WWE champion and, at the time, gimmick was the face of WWE, Randy Orton against Daniel Bryan. They also attacked people like The Big Show, Dolphy Ziggles Boy, and, yeah, basically for just beefing with Triple H and basically saying, Trips, I don't think you're the guy. The Shield will like, he is the guy, I'm going to smash you up. Basically. <laughs> And, yeah, 15th of September, Night of Champions, The Shield again winning their belts. Amazing. But we are going to skip ahead. Like I said earlier in the podcast, The Shield have an illustrious 10 years that we need to skip ahead, okay? We're going to skip ahead to a few, let's call them seeds, being planted regarding The Shield. Beef, problems. Between Ambrose and Reigns. Ooh. Am- Reigns and Rollins had lost their tag team championships at this point, And Ambrose was basically peacocking around saying, I'm the only member of the Shield that still has a belt. However, Ambrose was being pinned in Shield matches. And Roman was like, huh, well, you are losing matches for us. However... Now, this is where it gets interesting again. And the reason I'm talking a lot, by the way, guys, I'm sure you want to hear Robbie's voice. Robbie will be coming into his own later in this pod because we are still in 2013 at this point. And again, Robbie was not watching the year. Well, wasn't watching wrestling at this time. Robbie, I'm sure you feel fair for me. The, to details, the, the details are hazy. I know when things happened, but I can't pin dates. So this is all you. When it gets to around 2014, I mean... This is when I, I go in. This this is fine. So, in late November, The Shield started a feud with CM Punk. Oh, all come full circle, leading to a handicap match between Punk and The Shield at TLC on, the, on December 15th. Would you think, Robbie, right, in your opinion, who would win, CM Punk or The Shield? I mean, I know how this match went down, but looking at it from back then, I would have said the Shield 3-on-1 would have easily won. 
Yeah, you would have thought so. And so would all of us. However, that did not happen. CM Punk did win this match. Ambrose was accidentally, I'll quote, quote marks, accidentally speared by Reigns. And CM Punk won. This caused an awful lot of friction in the Shield. Painting the pitch at this point in time, the Shield went back into the locker room and they were very cross at one another. Now, going into 2014, the year of Robbie, people may say, <laughs> Punk was basically taking the piss out of the Shield. There's no other way to put it than that. Punk was basically like, oh, you guys. You can't get along. <laughs> Very funny TV. Honestly, go and watch it on YouTube. It was great. Now, only one member of the Shield uh, defeated Punk in a singles match. That was Roman Reigns, albeit with help from uh, Dean Ambrose. Now, all three members of the Shield competed in the 2014 Royal Rumble match, during which Dean Ambrose tried to eliminate Roman Reigns. He's Shield brother, he tried to eliminate him. Roman Reigns retaliated by doing what, Robbie? Do you remember 2014 oh, Royal Rumble? This, this was epic because this was the year Batista won and the roles were reversed in the following year. But Roman Reigns eliminated both Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose at the same time. And uh, At the same time. And then at the end of the match, when it was down to the final two, which was that year's Batista and Roman Reigns, the entire crowd was chanting for Roman to win. And, um, oh, how it was ironic looking back then when 2015, no one wanted Roman to win the Rumble. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Now, we come into one of the most important times in the Shield and one of the best factional... Factional might not be a word, but I'm going to use it. Factional feuds in the modern era. On the 27th of January episode of Raw, The Shield faced the team of Daniel Bryan, John Cena and Sheamus in a six-man tag team qualification match for the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, but lost by disqualification. After who interfered, Robbie? Um, I actually don't know. I actually don't know this one. Educate me. I will educate you. It was the Wyatt family. Oh, shit me. How did I forget that? Oh, it is all, all kicking off now. The Shield vowed revenge. So a match was set up between the Shield and the Wyatt family. Before you carry uh, on there, can we just talk about that awesome moment on Raw when you had the Shield and the Wyatt family like kind of squaring off against each other and everyone in the arena was going ballistic. Like at the time, this was the feud to watch. It was incredible. It was amazing time to be a wrestling fan, that feud was, honestly. Now, we'll skip ahead a little bit. Um, Dean Ambrose is still retaining his US title at this point. To paint this picture, he is still the US champion. Roman Reigns has has been helping him, though. So, Elimination Chamber on February 23rd, the Shield lost to the Wyatt family as Ambrose and Bray Wyatt brawled into the crowd, but Wyatt later returned to the ring with no sign of Ambrose, which caused Rollins and Reigns to be outnumbered and overwhelmed. On the 3rd of March episode of Raw, the Shield lost a rematch against the Wyatt family when the Shield's poor teamwork led to Rollins walking out during the match. Seth went, I don't need this. I'm off. 
Not good, Robbie. Seth won't walk about. I remember this. Not good at all. Now, on the 7th of March, the Shield sat down in, in front of our very eyes on in the ring on SmackDown to clear the air. Rollins explained that his actions achieved his purpose of getting Ambrose and Reigns to finally see eye to eye, which led to the trio ultimately reconciling. Can we get an R in the chat? Aww. So cute. So glad that they're all Betty mates again. After this, the Shield turned into baby faces. Ah, that's not something we saw, was it? Two years after the debut, they were baby faces. They feuded with Kane after refusing to assault Jerry Lawler, which, why would you want to assault Jerry Lawler? And they I don't know. becoming anti-authority. And this led to they... after WrestleMania, because I'm taking over here where I start knowing my shit. This on, then. after WrestleMania, they started to become full anti-authority. So Triple H, uh, being the leader of the authority at the time, enlisted the help of his evolution brothers, Randy Orton and Batista. Now, they, the Shield and Evolution had two matches. The first match took place at Extreme Rules, which the Shield won. And then the second match took place at Payback, the following pay-per-view, where it was a elimination tag match. And the Shield did a full sweep. They eliminated Orton, Batista, and Triple H without losing a single elimination themselves. It made the Shield look fantastic. They looked like they were on top of the world. But then the swerve that no one saw coming the next night on Raw. Just before you give us that swerve, Robbie, just before, we would like to point out at this point in time as well that Dean Ambrose lost his US title because he was forced to compete in a 20-man battle royal without Reigns and Rollins being allowed to be involved. So Ambrose did lose his title to Sheamus. Oh, well, he didn't lose it to Sheamus. He was eliminated by Sheamus and lost his title. So, Robbie, you can go into the next bit, but I want the listeners to be aware that at this point, Ambrose was not US champion either. This is true. So, and that left us with Triple H saying, oh, I have a plan B. So, Orton and Triple H confronted the Shield, um, and Triple H said into the mic that we have a plan B. Little did both Ambrose and Reigns know that Seth Rollins had slid out and had grabbed a steel chair and swung it into the back of Roman Reigns. And they, Seth Rollins betrayed the Shield and the Shield imploded that night as Seth joined the Authority. Now, the silence there is for the morning of the WWE Universe because I was jaw on the floor on this day. On the floor. I mean, no it's one saw it coming. It, Triple H, no there's always a plan B. Wow. So no one saw that coming. So this then began at the era of all three members of the Shield going their separate ways. Now, Seth in 2014 became the Authority's hand-picked shining jewel, air quotes, um, and went on to win Money in the Bank in 2014 with the help of Kane. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins had some major, majorly good matches against each other, um, including that one epic Hell in a Cell match that main evented the pay-per-view, I believe. Reigns didn't really do much in 2014, because I'm pretty sure if my memory serves me correctly, he was sidelined with an injury not long after the Shield broke up. And then he had a WWE Championship match 
at Night of Champions, I want to say. He was involved in one. Correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. Yeah, so what kind of happened after the betrayal is that Ambrose and Reigns kind of just went their separate ways. Like, they they, they were still being called The Shield up until June of that year. Um, but then Ambrose had a new theme and he sort of went his sort of own way. Um, 24th of June, Reigns said that he's no longer part of The Shield. So The Shield kind of just dissolved at that point, to be honest. You know... They just weren't the shield. And now, so we could go into each individual man's escapades at this point. Um, but we want to focus this and sort of keep this on the shield. And we'll come to sort of modern day from there. You, we, we, I would add a little bit in there. After the shield broke up, Rollins won money in the bank. Roman was, try, you know, trying his best to win the WWE Championship. I'll bring us all the way forward to WrestleMania of the next year. Before you go to that, if I may backtrack, so jumping into, obviously, end of 2014, Seth Rollins competed in the team Cena versus Team Authority um, match, which obviously Team Cena won with the help of Sting. Then at the, the last show of 2014, Seth Rollins, The Big Show, and Kane with J&J Security pinned down the Rated-R superstar Edge um, and threatened to break his neck if Cena didn't bring back the authority, because the stipulation was Cena can bring back the authority, but only if he chooses to. So Rollins forced Cena's hand, and Seth Rollins was rewarded by being able to compete again, uh, against Cena and the then WWE champion Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, which obviously Seth lost, but let's not take it away from him. It was a Fucking amazing match. I mean, there were so many good spots in that match. 2015 Rumble, yeah. Go back and watch it if you've not seen it in a while because it's just Absolutely. such an excellent match. Speaking of 2015 Rumble, Roman Reigns won the Royal Rumble with some help from his cousin, The Rock. And not many people were pleased. And going into WrestleMania, everyone was a bit like, we don't want to see Reigns beat Lesnar. It was all very, you know, if Reigns wins, we riot sort of thing. All three members of the Shield competed at Mania. Ambrose competed in the Intercontinental Championship ladder match at WrestleMania, uh, which he lost. Uh, Daniel Bryan won the Intercontinental Championship. Seth Rollins faced Randy Orton in a very, very good match, which Seth Rollins lost um, after Randy Orton hit one of the best RKOs of all time. When Seth went for the curb stomp, Randy Orton flips up and brings him into an RKO. Just chef's kisses all over, really. And then you've got Reigns, obviously, in the main event against Lesnar. It was a very slug, it was a very back and forth match. Looking back on it, I thought it was fantastic. But then, as both men are down in the ring, bloody and completely shattered, Seth Rollins' music hits. Now, Seth Rollins is still Mr. Money in the Bank, and Seth Rollins made history by cashing in during the main event of WrestleMania and becoming the WWE World Championship. And as Michael Cole called, and I think this is one of Cole's best calls on commentary to date, Seth Rollins with the heist of the century. And he stole the WWE Championship. So not only did Seth Rollins break up the shield and inflict that on Roman, he then, just over a year later, oh, wait, about a year later, basically, pretty much a year later on it. Just under. Much, just under, yeah. About 
a yearish is what we'd call it, a yearish, right? Then took the WWE Championship off Roman Reigns. So at this point, Roman was pretty annoyed, I would say, with Seppi Boy. Pretty annoyed. Robbie, do you want to take us into 2015 of where this kind of led to with Roman and Seth from there? I can do. So after Seth won the WWE Championship, he was still very much in the authority's pocket. So Seth uh, decided to basically uh, avoid Brock Lesnar like the plague and got him suspended so Brock can challenge for the championship. Seth went on to defend against Randy Orton. I think it was twice. I want to say, defended against him uh, in Extreme Rules and Payback. I remember there was a big stipulation in, I think it was Extreme Rules, because they were in a steel cage match, and the rules were Seth couldn't... Well, sorry, Randy couldn't use the RKO, and Seth, I don't think his security could be there, I want to say. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. But, but obviously, Seth managed to retain his championship. Meanwhile, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, later on down the similar timeline, were getting involved once again with Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper. So obviously the Wyatt family had disbanded that year also, and Bray Wyatt was slowly bringing them back together. So come SummerSlam, you have Seth Rollins uh, defending his WWE Championship against John Cena, who in the same match was defending the US title against Seth Rollins. And then you had uh, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose versus Luke Harper and, and um, Bray Wyatt. Now, both men won their respect. Both, well, the team of Reigns and Ambrose and Rollins both won their respective matches. Uh, Seth uh, becoming, I believe they said, I don't know if it was strictly true though, the first match. Uh, sorry, the first person to ever hold the world and the United States titles at the same time. Going down the line further on, you had, um, obviously, they introduced, the Wyatt family introduced Braun Strowman. So Reigns and Ambrose needed an ally for Night of Champions when they had the rematch against the three of them. They brought out Chris Jericho, which is a bit cool. It's Jericho, but why are you here, Jericho, sort of thing? Kind of um, weird. Yeah, it was, was kind of weird. It was, it was a good pop, but not really sure what the appeal was, to be honest. But hey, that's life. Seth went on to defend both the United States title and the world title against both Sting and John Cena at Night of Champions. Uh, Seth lost the US title that night, but retained um, the WWE Championship against Sting. He then feuded with Kane. And then towards the end of the year, uh, I believe the plan was going to be, it was never announced, but the plan was going to be Reigns versus Rollins for the WWE Championship because Reigns was a bit more over at this point. The fans were a bit more into him. But unfortunately, Seth Rollins came down with a, I think it was MCL, ACL and meniscus tear during a house show in Dublin, Ireland. And that forced him to vacate the WWE Championship. Now, it sucked because as much as the fans hated Seth's character at the time, you couldn't deny that Seth was the MVP of that year. And it's unfortunate that Seth didn't even make it back for the following year's WrestleMania because he was still out on the shelf injured. But what can you do? There was a tournament to be held, and the tournament culminated uh, Survivor Series 2015 with Reigns and Ambrose fighting for the vacant WWE Championship. Reigns won it, and then Sheamus cashed in his Money in the Bank contract he'd won earlier in the year 
to instantly take it off Reigns because Triple H basically offered Reigns a handshake to say, ah, oh, you're the new golden boy. And Reigns basically told him to suck it in the language that Triple H speaks. Yes. But moving forward to 2016 now. So Reigns was feuding with the authority. He won the championship back from Sheamus, I believe. I think it was just before uh, New Year's 2016 because the stipulation was if Reigns loses, he's out of the WWE. If Reigns wins, he's champion. Reigns won despite the odds and went into the 2016 Rumble having to defend his championship in the Rumble match. Now, this was because he'd attacked Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon was also pro-authority and he'd attacked Triple H and put Triple H out on the shelf, air quotes injured. The match ended with Triple H winning the Royal Rumble, surprising everyone by coming out with number 30 and eliminating Reigns. Ambrose was the second-to-last man standing in the Rumble match, but obviously Triple H prevailed over Dean Ambrose. During WrestleMania, Reigns, WrestleMania 32, Reigns won the WWE Championship back from Triple H, and... Uh, Dean Ambrose had a very mediocre street fight against Brock Lesnar, which was a bit meh, to be honest, again. Do you remember that one, Adam? It was frustrating because I was just very, very excited for that match and it just fell very, very flat. You know? I mean, I don't know. I've heard lots of things about that match, about apparently how Brock wasn't very keen on doing some certain things and apparently Ambrose was lazy, but it is what it is. But moving on forward, so... Reigns won the WWE Championship in the main event against Triple H and defended twice against the White Hot debuting AJ Styles, both at Extreme Rules and then at Payback. And then Extreme Rules after Reigns' second title defense, the architect Seth Rollins triumphantly returned by delivering a pedigree to the WWE Championship. To, uh, I want to point out quickly here, to a massive pop, I mean, Absolutely friggin' huge. Would you ever doubt it? I mean, it was insane. So Seth Rollins was back, and he wanted his championship that he never lost back. So this went ahead at Money in the Bank. Now, I should point out beforehand, before we get to the epic match that Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins had at the end of the night, at the start of the night, Dean Ambrose won the Money in the Bank contract, the contract that Seth had previously held. Now... We get on to the fact that Roman Reigns entered the night as the WWE champion. Seth Rollins beat Roman Reigns to win the WWE championship back. And then Dean Ambrose cashed in and won the WWE championship off of Seth Rollins in the same night. Insanity, by the way. It was a crazy time to be alive for a wrestling fan because all three members of the Shield were both were all WWE champion at that point of the night. It's just it's mind-blowing. It's brilliant booking. So this then led to Battleground, where the brand split, basically this was the last pay-per-view before the official brand split happened in 2016. You had Ambrose defending against Reigns, defending against Rollins, and Ambrose retained. He took the belt to SmackDown, which kind of you know left Reigns and Rollins in the dust with Raw. But obviously, Stephanie McMahon liking Seth Rollins on Raw. She sort of said, oh, it's all Reigns' fault. You had it, but Reigns didn't. So they all blamed Reigns. And Ambrose lost his WWE Championship 
to AJ Styles. I can't remember which pay-per-view it was, but AJ basically turned heel at this point and low-blowed Ambrose while the ref wasn't looking to win the WWE Championship off of Ambrose. And then Seth Rollins competed for the inaugural Universal Championship against Finn Balor, which Seth Rollins lost. Now, moving on towards 2017 now. Um, what did they go? I, 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 honestly, it's a, bit, it's a bit hazy for the start of the year for me. Do you, do you remember what they got up to, Adam? Because uh, the, I know what happened sort of midway through the year, but at the start of the year, I, did they get up to much? I mean, Ray... So, so 2017, I think it's probably a good point to, to sort of say, look, we need to move this pod along as well. So we'll skip to the 31st of July episode of Raw. Rollins was confronted by Raw Tag Team Champion Cesaro and Sheamus and later won a match against Sheamus. After which the duo attacked Rollins before one man, a former friend, a former ally, came to save Rollins. Dean Ambrose came down to make the save. And these two were probably the most, they, they were probably the two that went at it the most after the Shield broke up. To, to, to see these two on the same page was mental at the time, to put it simply. But then, at the same time, you had The Miz feuding with Roman Reigns. And The Miz had his Miz Taraj, and he had Cesaro and Sheamus in his pocket. And Rumours were swelling at this point of a potential S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. Nothing was confirmed, however. But Reigns came out, he confronted... <coughs> he confronted um, The Miz and said, you guys got to get out of my ring, otherwise you're going to regret it. The Miz said that Reigns is nothing but hype and you should just go back and get Dean and Seth because by the looks of it, the rumours of the S.H.I.E.L.D. are just rumours. But then Reigns just lifts the mic with a cheeky little grin in his eyes, and he says, who said anything about rumours? Ambrose's music hits, followed by Rollins' music, and the Shield swarm the ring, as they used to, and the Shield reunited to a colossal pop from the crowd. It's kind of mad, right? It is kind of crazy. So, they got back together. They were going to have a TLC match, um, as, as the newly reformed Shield, obviously going back to where it all started, having a TLC match, very poetic. But unfortunately, it didn't really go as planned because the Shield were meant to be facing the team of Cesaro, The Miz, and Sheamus. However, it was then later Braun Strowman and the Kane that were added as part of The Miz's team. And then after that, Reigns also pulled out of the match being it due to illness and the very strange visual of Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose's dad just coming out like and yeah it was just crap it was for so frustrating like it wasn't the thing is right it wasn't a terrible match it's just that it was it was it could have been so good and then Roman just got a very untimed illness that forced it to be Kurt Angle. I mean, there was a mumps infection going around the locker room at that time. It wasn't just Roman Reigns that had to be pulled out of that pay-per-view. It was also uh, Bray Wyatt, who was meant yeah. to be Finn Balor. But then again, the match that we got between Finn Balor and AJ Styles was beyond insane. 
So, but we'll go further down the line anyway, because obviously we need to we need to crack on further down the line. The new day on the sixth of November episode of Raw caused a distraction um, as Ambrose and Rollins lost their tag team titles back to Cesaro and Sheamus. Now, after this, a week after Roman returned and the Shield challenged the New Day on its Survivor Series in November of that year, which they won. Let's now, not forget. Now, I'd hate myself if I glossed over this bit, but the Survivor Series of that year. Like, I know no one's really a big fan of the whole brand warfare, but Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle proper made it personal that year. I mean, as soon as Survivor Series was announced, Shane and SmackDown locker room invaded Raw and made Kurt look like a laughingstock. Then, literally, the SmackDown before Survivor Series, The Shield led the assault against SmackDown with Kurt Angle, and it was fantastic. And The Shield looked like the absolute monsters that they that they are. Going into Survivor Series, obviously, uh, the Shield won their respective match, and Raw uh, came out on top for the whole brand warfare thing. Moving on to 2019, Adam, take it over. So, you've gone off a year, mate, because this is 2017 that we're in at the moment. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> um, so, an interesting bit of uh, towards the end of that year, Reigns actually won the IC Championship by beating The Miz um, with a distraction from the other Shield members. Now, in December 2017, again, The Shield had another blow because Ambrose suffered a tricep injury and was written off TV, which basically put The Shield on a complete hiatus. So, during the act- inactivity, Roman lost the Intercontinental Championship. Rollins then won the Intercontinental Championship. At this time, Roman and Seth were kind of just, they were acknowledging that they were all good and they were mates and that, but they weren't they were doing their really, own thing. Yeah, they weren't the Shield at this point. We have to skip all the way to August 2018 to get Dean Ambrose returning from his injury to be reunited with Seth during his feud with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Rollins later regained the IC Championship from Mr. Ziggles, while Roman Reigns won the Universal Championship from Brock Lesnar at that year's SummerSlam. How about them apples? <laughs> On the t- 20th of August episode of Reigns retained the title against Finn Balor, with Braun Strowman watching from the entrance rack, would you believe? After the match, Strowman attempted to cash in his Money in the Bank contract. However, Robert. Rollins and Ambrose made the save, preventing him from cashing in and putting him through the announce table with the Shield patented triple powerbomb, baby. Beautiful. Beautiful. Best triple finishing moves ever. Now we, we skipped to Hell in a Cell of September of that year. Ziggler and McIntyre retained the tag team championships against Rollins and Ambrose, whilst Reigns and Strowman's universal title match Ended in no contest following interference from Bork Lobster. The Shield and the Shield and the team of Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre had a match at WWE Super Showdown in October where the Shield won. Now, again, we have a terrible bit of misfortune for one of the members of the Shield. This one was a truly gut wrenching moment. I'm so glad that he is at this point okay. I mean, it was it. it was insane. I mean, I remember this because I watched Raw live that night and everyone was still 
like, I mean, the whole WWE universe was still very against Roman Reigns. He was getting booed, yelled abuse out throughout his entire matches. And even if he put on good matches, he was still getting booed. But yeah. Roman came out with a very sort of blank expression. And he revealed through the boos that he was getting received that he had fought leukemia earlier on in his life. And it had unfortunately come back. And the boos turned to silence. And everyone, for the first time in forever, had started listening to Reigns. And Reigns, if anything, it wasn't even Reigns talking. It was the man behind Roman Reigns, um, Joanna White. And um, Reigns, unfortunately, had to vacate the Universal Championship. And he said he'd be back. He doesn't know when, but he said he'll be back. So at this point, the silence turned into overwhelming cheers and support for Roman. And as he left the Universal Championship in the middle of the ring uh, and walked up the ramp, his shield brothers, who were both in tears, came out and they did the yield fist in the middle sign and Reigns was written off TV for a little while longer. Now, the same night, if I'm not mistaken, there was a huge twist where Ambrose and Rollins, I think, won the tag team championships, the Raw tag team championships. Mm-hmm. In the event. And then Dean Ambrose decided to turn on Seth Rollins. Now, this had been teased a li- for a little while now, but yeah. was it the correct night to do this, Adam? No, it might no, no, no. It was terrible timing. Terrible timing. I mean... Yeah, Apparently was- they asked Roman. They did ask him. They did run it by him. And he said, it's cool, don't worry. But even then, for me, I'm like, I don't know. It, it just it didn't sit right with me, I will say. No, it didn't sit right with me either. And this is where it starts to get a bit uncomfortable for one of the three members of the Shield. And I guess you could say that de- the decline of Dean Ambrose probably begins here. Yeah. Because Dean Ambrose went on this whole, I don't quite know what, how to describe it, but basically he was very, he was very kind of, he became very prone to diseases. And he, he came out wearing a gas mask. He... There was a very uncomfortable package where he literally got like an injection up his butt. Like he was, he became very kind of like, you know, hazmat, if you like. Yeah, I don't know if that's the right word to describe it, but see, and it was all very kind of. Reigns is fighting a battle in real life right now against leukemia, and this is Ambrose's new character of oh, he's not big on diseases, he's being extra careful and whatever else. And he came out with like people also wearing gas masks who would keep other people away from him. It's just, it was very, very strange. And I don't think it was the right direction for Ambrose to go in at all. And this is where I start to see the decline in the character that is Dean Ambrose. However, we later find out in January 2019 why this character was imposed on Ambrose. So WWE confirmed, which is really weird to have done, to have actually confirmed it, WWE confirmed that Ambrose declined to renew his contract with WWE that would then expire in April of 2019. Um, We would, would, we do want to say in February 2019, Roman actually returned from his leukemia diagnosis uh, and he was given the all clear, which was amazing news. Now, I'm not actually going to go through all of this at this point in time, right? Essentially, the Shield kind of reunited. It was pretty lackluster. there wasn't really a lot to be said. They reunited for a couple of matches. Um, and on the aftermath of the Shield's final match, which was in an event 
WWE Network special called The Shield's Final Chapter. The Shield defeated Corbin, Lashley and McIntyre in both the group and Ambrose's last match in WWE. It was because, disappointingly, both Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns both had matches of that year's Mania and Ambrose didn't. He was he was excluded from Mania, and obviously that Mania as well. Roman beat Drew McIntyre, and Seth beat Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. I was at that WrestleMania. Wink, wink. I got it in. I mentioned it. Um, so, so yeah, on the thirtieth of April, twenty nineteen, as WWE said earlier in the year, John. Well, I'm going to call him Dean Ambrose still. Dean Ambrose left the WWE to wrestle for All Elite Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling under his former ring name and better ring name, let's have it right, John Moxley. Now, let's talk about that for a minute, if I may, because he initially released promo packages of him being advertised for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, AEW was a complete shock. Now, they had their first big show, their big standalone show, uh, Double or Nothing, and it was a brilliant show from start to finish. The main event was Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, Jericho had won. He was in the ring basically saying, oh, he demands a thank you from the fans. And through the crowd, you see the familiar face that is Dean Ambrose. Now, obviously, no going as his old ring name, John Moxley. And he came through the crowd and everyone everywhere was losing their shit. No one saw this coming. And you had John Moxley in the middle of the ring with a paradigm shift to the wrestling world as we know it. I mean, he hit the Dirty Deeds or his finishing move, the Butterfly DDT. I forget what he calls it now. I think it's Death Rider. I think it's Death Rider. That's what it's called. So he hit the Death Rider on Jericho, on the referee. He brawled with Omega. And the finishing sort of scene for that night was the Death Rider to Kenny Omega on top of the stage on where the poker chips are on top of the stage with AEW when they have double or nothing. And it was a phenomenal ending scene to the whole pay-per-view and it shook the wrestling world to its core I mean I know that they didn't acknowledge it on TV but I bet Reigns and Rollins were watching somewhere and thinking holy shit what have we just seen that is some big trouble for us with AEW being on the absolute rise at that point in time but moving on to well, basically, we'll go through. How can we do this? We'll move through from 2019 and then move on to sort of 2020, 21, 22, and basically go from where the shield went from there. So, Moxley uh, in AEW was having some good matches. He won the AEW championship from either, I want to say, the Jericho or Omega. Adam, do you know that one? Because I can't remember off the top of my head. So going from there, we had obviously Ambrose winning the AEW World Championship. We had uh, Rollins. He became the Monday Night Messiah in 2020. Reigns went off in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then came back as the man we know and love and acknowledge today, the Tribal Chief and started his insane championship reign that has led on to this day, which brings us here, where we have Seth freaking Rollins, the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, and John Moxley. Now, 
these two have been these two, these three have been a staple for the last ten years of the wrestling world. Now it's this is why I think the Shield are one of the best wrestling factions of all time. It's because you have factions that come and go, but you always have that one standout character for uh, DX is Triple H or Shawn Michaels, depending on how you want to view it. For the NWO, it's Hulk Hogan. For um, Legacy, it's Randy Orton. For The New Day, I mean, you could toss up between Big E and Kofi Kingston. But for The Shield, there is no sort of, you know, secondary and third place character. It's more of all three of them still run the wrestling world and all three still to this day, are relevant and all top guys. I mean, you just have to look at literally a month ago, or less than a month ago, where you had Reigns still being the undisputed Universal Champion in WWE on SmackDown, Seth Rollins holding the United States Championship, and John Moxley holding the AEW World Championship for the third time. I mean, you don't need to be a genius to see that these three are three of the best things that have been bought to wrestling over the 10 years and are still going strong to this day. I mean, what more is that to say than that other than that, Adam? There really isn't. And I think, to be honest, looking on, you know, 10 years ago, these three men are at the very top of the industry today. Um, And if Mox decides one day to come back to WWE, um, I think they could have some just like explosive matches. I mean, seeing the current version of all these three men in a triple threat match would be absolutely just wild. It, w- it would break the wrestling world. So, but look, this is all we've got time for today. This is the Shield. This has been the Shield 10-year anniversary episode from the at TGP Wrestling. We are huge fans of all three men, and we can only thank them for their contribution to the wrestling world. Now, Robbie, any final thoughts on today's episode? Honestly, not really. I mean, I feel like we've covered the Shield quite well. Um, the only thing I'd say was, like, obviously, back in the day when they had the Shield Triple Threat in 2016, these are all very sort of characters and wrestlers oriented around each other still. But now they've all sort of gone their separate ways for the, the I think, the longest sort of distance separate ways, if you like. You've now got three characters that have, like, matured, aged, and... I think if they collided again in the ring, as in, you know, the deathmatch wrestler John Moxley, Seth freaking Rollins, and the Tribal Chief, I think it would be mind-blowing to see. And I hope one day we can see that one more time. Absolutely. Well, thank you, listeners, for listening today. Uh, I really hope you've enjoyed it. Um, We've really enjoyed making this one. We absolutely love The Shield, and we can't wait to sort of record some more for you guys. Now, for the rest of this year, which is 2022, uh, whenever you are listening to this. There'll be a couple of pods out, so stay tuned for them. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you, guys. Take care and stay tuned for another episode of the TGP Podcast. Peace out.